In Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1, it says, One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore next to the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And we talked about this last week. He noticed. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out to where it is deeper. That's going to be the theme for the day. So turn to your neighbor and say, go deeper. Go deeper. He says, turn out and let down your nets and you can catch out some fish. Master Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I will let down the nets again. And this time, this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. And a shout for help brought their partners into in the other boat. And soon the boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. And when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus. And he said, oh Lord, please, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others with him. You may be seated. Uh, we've been asking the question, why are you here? We asked that on Easter. We asked that last week. Why are you here? And you might have different reasons as to why, why we are here today. And we've kind of exploring different things beyond just the, oh, well, I came because someone invited me or I wanted to check it out. There's deeper reasons we've been exploring. No, why are we here? Big picture, purpose. Like, why are you on this planet here? Uh, purpose. I want to know, why was Jesus there? Why was Jesus on, on this, the scene here? We get this story with him and, and Simon, which we know is as Peter. We've kind of been journeying through this little episode, and we're back at it again today. Why was Jesus there? Well, we know initially he was, he was not there for Simon. He was there because he was teaching and preaching. He had a large crowd. He was there to uh, share God's Word and the Gospel with them. That's why he was there. But we don't know a thing that he said to the people because the whole story is about this interaction with him and Simon and calling him. So there was something bigger that was going on, even though we are here today celebrating Jesus, worshiping Jesus, trying to hear from... We're here preaching and teaching, but Jesus might be here for a personal encounter with you, a personal experience with you. That's what it was with Simon. He was there for a personal experience with Peter. He says, go deep, go deep and let down your nets. Now, um, you mentioned uh, junior high football, David, and, and our junior high soccer it was. I'm, I'm picturing Don, Tom Brady here, all right, the greatest of all time, telling someone, hey, go, go deep. Now, do I have someone who's, uh, I want to say, I want to pick on like Blake or Logan, who's got some hands. I heard Logan has some, some catching skills. Yes. All right. So Logan, give Logan a, a round of applause here. All right, Logan, thank you. You let me pick on you. Now, Logan, I'm going to tell you something. I need, I'm going to throw this to you. I, I need you to go deep. All right. Yeah, there you go. Deeper, deeper, deeper. Let's see if we can do this. All right. You ready? Ready? No practice. Here we go. Hey, all right. All right. All right. Here, you can fire it back up. 
Oh, don't trip over the wire. Nice, nice. All right, thank you, thank you. All right, that's my little sermon illustration for today. Go deep. Um, here's the thing. Um, I talked about in Romans earlier because I, I want to partner these two things up. We've been Romans chapter 12. Don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There are things in our lives that will keep us from a great catch. Peter was on the cusp of a great catch, and we learned last week that he had just went through a whole night of failure, a season of working hard, but no reward, no results, a season of nothing, and we can be stuck. And a lot of that's just right up here. And Jesus tells him to go deep, and you're going to catch some fish. But Peter still had to work through the mental part of that. Or else he was not going to receive the great catch. The miracle was not going to take place unless he actually worked on it. Two things I want to point out today that can keep you and I from a great catch. Seeing what God wants to do in your life in this thing that we call purpose, this adventure. One is plans. Who's my planners? Anybody a planner? Planner? Okay. Plans are not bad. Plans are, are, are good things, and, and, and at the same time as they are good, plans can keep us from a great catch. They can become an obstacle for God working in our lives. I am a planner, all right? Peter, Peter said, hey, Jesus, I like the idea of going deep, except I don't. We've been at it all night long, and we caught nothing. You can kind of sense, they're like, ah, oh, no. What was Peter's plans for the rest of the day? We don't know, but we do know it wasn't going and fishing again. He's like, come on, we just went. I'm cleaning, I'm tired, I, I'm discouraged. That was not the plan. But Jesus flipped the script on him and brought a little bit of change. Now, for me, as I'm going through and I'm, I'm a planner, my week, it kind of goes like this, Monday, I have the Sunday hangover on Monday, all right? Just all, all people on staff and ministry and leaders, I just call it the, the, the Sunday hangover, Monday morning. Like, I'm, I'm like ready to go, but man, I am wiped on a, on a Monday. So it's slow, go Monday's slow going, all right? I might do some work, but it's like administrative things, not heavy, mind-consuming things. Tuesday, though, I'm back at it, I'm rested, and I'm in the sermon prep mode, generally on a Tuesday, and I'm kind of working on things researching, seeking God, going from there. Wednesday, I have my men's group in the morning. I have my breakfast uh, with our men's group, and we're having a blast in there. I'm also kind of working on the sermon in two weeks, so kind of doing a, some advance work in two or three work, weeks and kind of seeking God and where He wants to go in that. Thursday, I'm in practice mode. Thursday, I, I've got the sermon kind of outlined, and I'm kind of just I'm folding laundry at the house, but I'm preaching to my laundry or I'm preaching to my couch and saving pillows in my house or something like that, you know. Um, I don't have an office, by the way. My office, I work from home. So um, anyway, but I'm practicing and kind of going through the sermon, getting things done. Friday is typically like big vision kind of day. I'm not really doing sermon stuff. I'm kind of doing more just church-wide vision things, meeting with people, having conversations, um, and lining up volunteers, that sort of stuff. Saturday, that's my, it's become my favorite day, um, and, and it's because I just turn off everything. It's been my uh, Shabbat, my Sabbath, and I've really been owning that over the past year. Some of you guys, you know my, my journey and struggle with that, but it's been beautiful. 
So Friday night, I shut it down. You're probably not going to reach me between Friday night and Saturday night. Um, and so I really slowed down. Sunday's game time, boom, ready to go. Now, why do I share my schedule with you? You guys could care less about that. It's because when I have my God moments, when I have my personal experience where God just kind of comes into my life, um, it's never planned. It's usually not in, in what I have planned. I have my work and the things that are going on. It's almost always in the interruptions that come in my life, the things that didn't go as planned, the things I wasn't looking for. And plans are great until they're not. Because God might want to be speaking to me through an interruption, but because my brain can't handle change, because my brain is so set on the task and things that are, I have planned that I want to get done, that I think need to get done, you are an interruption to me. You are a disruption. And I might miss what God's trying to do in my life through my kids, through an interaction with other people, or just slowing the pace of life down and having my moment with God. Because heaven forbid we have moments in our schedule where there's nothing. No scrolling, no Netflix, silence or solitude where I can just spend time with God. Plans are good until they're not, and they can block us from what God wants to do. Go deep. That's what, that's what he told Peter. Right, let's go deep. Wasn't in Peter's plans, but what did we see? Peter says, all right, change of plans. If you say so, I will. If you say so, I will. Oh, I love, Logan, you helped me out in my illustration. I said, hey, I, I need some help. He stood up, and I told him to go deep. What did he, 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 he did not do? He did not say, ah, I think I need to kind of think about that. I think I need to spend some time and kind of pray about that. I need to get in the playbook and kind of see which play are you trying to run. He didn't do any of that. Dude just took the steps back, went deep, and we threw the Hail Mary and yay. So the, the go deep experience, that, that experience that we want from God is found in, in obedience. And I'm all for, like we're going to be talking about, spiritual disciplines, prayer, getting in the playbook, getting in Scripture, and letting that feed your soul. But at certain times, you and I know this, God's going to speak. He's going to say, I need you to do this. I want you to step in here. And now's not the time to wait or procrastinate or think, ah, am I really? No, he's ready for you to go now. And I don't want you to miss that personal experience with God. Second thing that can keep us from a great catch is experience. Second thing that can keep us from a great catch, that miracle, that thing that God wants to do, is our own experience. Now, experience is a good thing. Experience is a great teacher. We talked about failure last week. We can, we can learn so much and gain so much wisdom through experience. Experience is a great blessing. But experience is great until it's not great. Experience can keep you from a miracle. Experience can keep us from what God wants to do in our lives because experience shows me that 
I might have a better way of going about doing this, God. I might have better plans than what you do, God. I'm not a fisherman. I'm certainly not a fisherman in the first century, but in the commentaries I read and what we have seen in this scripture, these guys don't go fishing during the day. The time if you want to catch fish is at night. And apparently during the day, fishing in the deep water is not the, is not the place to go either. If I'm, if I'm Peter, I'm thinking, hey, carpenter, stay in your lane. Build me a chair. I'll do the fishing. You do the speaking, and we'll be good. Like how arrogant of you to come into my line of work and tell me how to do my business. I got this. But here we are with Jesus coming in, changing plans, and saying, I know this kind of goes against what you think is the best ideal, but do it. Our experience with God, my experience with the word deep, yeah, and in, in church world, I, just, I want to kind of go deeper. I want to go deeper in my relationship with God. Or, or these, the, these sermons are, are kind of shallow. I wish it was a, a deeper sermon. This is a very triggering word <laughs> to me, deep as a pastor, because what is deep? What, what is deep? And if you have grown up in church world or church circles, deep can mean a lot of different things. But for, for some, for many, deep is knowledge. Spiritual maturity is, a create, is, is equated to how much Greek I know or how much scripture I've memorized. And in my church world, it's like, let's have a sermon that is so confusing or so over our head that we learn something new, we pat ourselves on the back, but we don't get convicted or have to go live it out practically in our lives. I've learned something. Look at how smart I am. That was a super deep message, but it never really spoke practically to my heart. My job as a pastor, just for me, so you know, I love, to I love theology. I love the Greek. I love all the stuff. But if you leave here confused and not understanding, I have not done my job. My goal is not for you to be like, wow, Pastor Mike is smart. I'm not, and that is not a goal. So I'll be shallow all day long on trying to help you just understand, hey, where do we take this text and apply it to our lives when we walk out of here? I, hey, I got some handles for these bags I'm carrying, and I know how to go and use that. Now, deep can also mean in the church world, not just knowledge, it can mean uh, a lot of spiritual activity. Now, I'm all good for doing, I'm going to share that in a minute, that we need to get to, get to work and hustle, and our faith is one that we act out and, and live out. But a lot of times it's like, well, we got this program, we got this program, we got this program, I do this, I do that, I do that, and we do that, and we're like spiritually mature. But spiritual activity, busyness, Loading up our schedule doesn't equate to spiritual maturity. It doesn't equate to deep with God. What do we see here? I already said it once. Go deep was him actually obeying what Jesus had told him to do. We are followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus. We're going to learn from him, but when he speaks, we're going to follow. 
and we're going to go after it. That's what I love. That's the stories I love. When I hear, what's God doing in your life? What's your next step of faith? I think it's this. I'm going to go do that, and you do it. Oh, that's where you start to see a catch. But our experience can keep us from that. The greatest hindrance to experiencing God on our, in our life can often be relying on our experience. That won't work. But we've never done it that way. Have you, have you ever been in the church world where you try to do something new? But we can't do that. But they won't like that. But that's too hard. Go deep, but God, I'm too tired. But I've tried that before. We've been working hard all night, and we haven't caught a thing. You put whatever but in front of why you can't, but God, I can't do this. And I, I want to challenge you today that God wants to exceed that. He wants to beat. He wants to beat that butt. <laughs> you can laugh at that. <laughs> Whatever butt you have, God wants to beat it. <laughs> He's like, you think I'm limited to here, that it can't happen. But I'm going to show you that's the exact reason why we can't. We think about that in relationships. What's deep in relationships? We talked about that earlier with the, with the body. That many of us here are, are struggling with deep connections, deep relationships. But we, we will, because of experience, keep it surface level. We will keep it shallow because in experience, we know it's too hard. I've tried so long and I've come up empty. I did it before and I got burned. And our the thing we want, the great catch, our experience will keep us in the shallow, and we will never experience it. I learned this week we're going to continue on on this relationship kick for quite a while because God's speaking to me through it, and I know it's right where our church needs this. I learned today there's a, a, a research thing that came out that says it takes over uh, uh, 80 to 100 hours, 80 to 100 hours spent with one individual to go from acquaintance to casual to, to friend, from a like casual friend or acquaintance to friend. But to go from friend to like close friend, close relationship, you need over 200 hours together spent with that person. Guess what? That's a lot of time. That's a lot of work. And you already have a busy schedule. You're going to have to, you, these friendships, connections, relationships, they don't just happen. That, you're living in a fairy tale. And in this town, you're going to have to make space to make those things happen. What keeps you from a great catch might just be your experience to say, oh, can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. And I think God wants to challenge you on, why, on, the, on that butt or why you can't today. Because Peter had the reasons. He had the plan. He had the experience. And he's like, ah, I don't know. What is deep if you say so? I will. That's deep. That's deep.
but if you say so, I will. Deeper faith meant going to the wrong time, at the wrong time, and going to the wrong location. Deeper faith meant busting out the nets again that he had just cleaned. I had just cleaned these nets, and now i got to bust them out again. Deeper faith meant risking disappointment again. Peter didn't know what was going to happen. He had just experienced failure. He was going to risk humiliation again, this time in daylight. Deeper faith meant no guarantee again of success. Deeper faith meant hard work again. Theoretically, Jesus could have just had the fish jump in the boat, right? Like, why do we got to get the nets out again? Why do I got, like, you're God, you're Jesus. Like, why, why can't you just say fish jump in and they would? This is where you come in, friends. This is where you come in, church. Because Jesus didn't just die on the cross and rise from the dead so he could save you. He created you on purpose and with a purpose. And that he wants to do this journey together with you. It's called faith. And so he's going to call you out of your comfort. He's going to call you into uncertainty and say, let's go deeper together. Let's go into business together. Let's be on mission together. I, I don't want to just have the fish jump in. I want you to experience and partake in the miracle yourself so you can see what I'm doing. And when it happens, Peter gets that experience with Jesus. And he sees a little bit clearer of who he is and who Jesus is. And he's like, I'm not even worthy. I'm not even worthy. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Peter. From now on, we're going to go fishing for people. This experience that Peter had, empty, empty nets after a night of fishing, empty nets and discouragement, isn't the only time Peter experienced this. Right after the resurrection, I want to close with this. Right after the resurrection, John chapter 21. Now, they've already seen Jesus. They've already seen that he's resurrected. They know that he's alive. But, but these guys still don't fully understand what's going on. And it says in verse 3, it says, So they went out and they got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Sound familiar? Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Skipping to verse 6, it says, He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. And it says that they did. It's Jesus! That's Jesus! And it says Peter jumped out. He was butt naked. He, he had no clothes on. He, he just puts his clothes on and jumps in. He swims the shore. He's like, it's Jesus! And Jesus had already cut some fish up and caught some fish and he was making them breakfast. And if you watch that scene, he goes and he talks to Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? 
Yeah, I love you. Do you love me, Peter? Yeah, I love you. He asked him three times. Three times, do you love me? Yeah, I do. Then go feed my sheep. Let's go fish for people. See, Peter in that moment, after the resurrection, was still living with the fact that he had denied Jesus three times. He was living with a failure and a disappointment knowing that, hey, Jesus is alive, this is great. But where did they go back to? Fishing, what they knew. And Jesus, in that moment in John chapter 21, duplicates the miracle again, gives him an experience to remind him, remember when I first called you? Remember when that happened? You know who I am. And at that point, when you recognized who I was, I said, don't be afraid. Let's go fish for people. So when he does that again, he restores Peter. To say, I know you failed, but I love you. I know you, de you denied even knowing me. We're best friends. But we still are on mission and we still have purpose together. Go feed my sheep, Peter. I called you to lead the way. And he reminds him in that moment. He uses his experience to help him see Jesus and remind him of the mission. Why was Jesus there? Starting with the question that we started with. Why was he there? He wasn't there to teach the people. He was there for that, but he was there for a personal experience with Peter. But even bigger than that, why was Jesus there? There were bigger fish. There was a bigger catch. It wasn't about getting fish in the boat. It was about fishing for people. A bigger mission. Why is Jesus here? He's here to remind you through a personal experience. It's about a bigger mission, folks. There's a bigger catch. It's more than just what's happening here on the surface level. There's something deeper going on, and Jesus wants to remind you of that and go into, into business with you. Don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to go and fish for people. This is the life that Jesus has for us. This is the purpose. But we got to understand our plans and experiences sometimes need to go out the window so God can do what he wants to do in our lives. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.